This is Linux Reality, Episode 19, Ubuntu 6.06, Part 1. Welcome back, listeners. My name is Chess Griffin. I'm the host of this podcast. This podcast is intended primarily for new Linux users and also for Windows or Mac users who may be interested in Linux but have not had the opportunity to try it out. Uh, you know, it's interesting. We're coming up on 20 episodes now, which is pretty cool. Um, we started out the first few episodes going through a bit of the history of Linux, you know, becoming uh, uh, familiar with some of the terms and the principles of free and open source software. Uh, just remember, free does not mean cost, or, you know, free does not have anything to do with cost. It means without restriction. Uh, then we then spent a few episodes on PC Linux OS, which is a really nice live uh, CD Linux distribution based on Mandriva. After that, we went back and took a look at, at the command line, at partitioning, users and permissions, and some other uh, things along those lines. And then now we spent the last three episodes looking at SUSE Linux 10.1, which is a really polished, full-feature distribution uh, with some of the latest features that you can find in Linux. Uh, this week, we're going to start a two-part series on Ubuntu Linux 6.06, also known as Dapper Drake. Now, just so folks know, I'm not going to spend each episode here on out focusing on just distributions. I'm also not going to focus just on technical stuff. I do have a general timeline or, or sort of a framework upon which I'm basing these episodes. There's some fluctuation, and I've modified things a little bit as I've gone along, but I'm sticking to the roadmap pretty well. And so I do plan to get to lots of other topics, such as specific applications, networking, games, and other things. Uh, therefore, I hope you'll stick around and uh, you know stay subscribed. We've got a lot of good things to get to. I also want to thank those of you who have recently sent in some additional donations. It's really appreciated, and those funds go directly into my hosting fees with my hosting and with Libsyn costs and, uh, and other costs associated with doing this podcast. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. I also really appreciate the feedback you've sent along. And speaking of feedback, let's check some out. Message for you, sir. All right, first up is an email from uh, Ramiro, and he says, Hello, Chess. I've enjoyed your show for some time now, but since you have covered PC Linux OS and SUSE 10.1, I have been hooked. I hope you cover other distributions, but have learned a lot from your in-depth coverage of features. You have made me decide to give Linux another try again. Thanks for the show. Well, Ramiro, that is really it. That's awesome. And when you say you've given, you've made me decide to give Linux another try again, that's great. That's exactly what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping people will... Give it a shot for the first time, and for those who've given it a shot in the past and decided it wasn't for them, I hope that you'll give it another shot because it's getting better just almost daily. It's amazing the development that's going on in Linux. It's just so exciting. So thank you very much, Ramiro. And then secondly, I got an email here from Michael, and he says, uh, Chess, your show is great. I find then... I find, then, when you are self-taught, you tend to neglect some of the basics. Your show has definitely helped me out a lot in identifying those gaps in my knowledge. I have a show suggestion. I have an old laptop that I put DSL Linux on so that my wife can surf the web wirelessly in front of the TV. Worked out great except for one thing. A lot of our favorite websites use Flash and Java. Firefox didn't come with those things installed, and I could not find packages for them. I had to install them from Tarballs, and it was not straightforward. This could be the case because I'm a newbie at Linux, so if there's an easy way to accomplish this, can you talk about it at some point? 
One more thing. Why is it that a normal user cannot shut down Linux using a button? Uh, DSL and Ubuntu require a sudo command to do that. Anyway, uh, thanks and keep up the good work. Uh, well, Michael, let's see. Two things about the DSL, uh, Flash, and Java. I'm going to have to kind of beg off on that one because I don't know exactly how DSL does it. I know they have things that are called extensions, which are sort of like additional packages, if you will. And I don't know if you can install Flash and Java through the DSL extensions. If you can't, then you're right. What you'll need to do is basically download the tarballs, if you will. And they're not really, they're just, they're just, uh, they're just compressed, you know, they're archive packages. But you'll need to install the Flash player from the Macromedia site and Java you can get from the Sun site. I will, I've got some, uh, I've got some links that I found in the DSL, uh, wiki and some other places and I'll put it in the show notes. If you're not able to find help with those, I would just go to the forums there at DSL and ask. But basically it involves installing those, those packages and then putting the plugins for both Java and Flash in your Mozilla or Firefox plugin directory in your home. It's usually, not always, but it's usually home dot you know, your home folder slash your username slash dot Mozilla, which is a hidden directory, slash plugins. Uh, but there's a lot of other directories where you can install plugins. So uh, th- but those th- there's several different directories where, where Firefox will look for plugins before it will, you know, decide that it has or does not have them. So, and then about shutting down Linux, I think the reason why you can't shut it down with a button usually is for security purposes. Again, going back to the sort of the history of Linux, I think the idea was that only the administrator had the ability to shut down or reboot or halt a computer or, or services or anything like that. So most uh, Linux distributions are, are, sh- are created that way, although it's not that hard nowadays. You usually just go to, just like in Windows, rather than just pushing a button to shut down, you usually go to the start menu and then shut down or log out or what have you. So that usually works uh, in most distributions. So thank you guys for those emails, and thanks for all the other emails, folks. Uh, we got a lot to get to this week, so I'm just going to cover those two. And uh, with that, let's turn to Ubuntu 6.06 Dapper Drake. Okay, Ubuntu 6.06 Dapper Drake. This is a Linux distribution that has got a lot of attention, a lot of press. It's arguably one of the more popular Linux distributions out there, and we've talked about it a little bit in the past when I talked about Linux distributions, you know, when I did the overview. And what we're going to do now is uh, I'm going to show you where to go to get the live CD and then have you burn it and boot into it onto your PC. So what you want to do is go to Ubuntu.com, and Ubuntu is spelled UB. UNTU.com slash download. And you'll see Ubuntu 6.06, and it will give you a listing of download sites that are available by country. And just click on one of those, and it will take you to a page where they will show you where they will list the different uh, CD ISO images. And we talked about what ISO images are in the past. The first group is the one for the desktop CD, that's the live CD. And there's one for PCs, and that's the one you're going to want to get. There's one for Macs, old Macs, power PCs, and then there's a 64-bit version. Then there is a server install CD, and that lets you install Ubuntu onto your hard drive as a server. And then there's an alternate install CD, and this one 
uh, I'll just point this out because I did verify. I mentioned this, I think, previously, that the live CD of Ubuntu, when you go to install it on your hard drive, it will automatically install the bootloader in the master boot record. It does not give you the option to install it someplace else. And you'll note here under alternate install CD, it will say it says the alternate install CD allows you to perform certain specialized or specialist uh, installations of Ubuntu. It provides for the following situations. And it lists a couple different things, but one of them on here says installing Grub to a location other than the master boot record. So if you think you're going to install Ubuntu onto someplace other than the master boot record, you'll need to get one of these alternate install CDs. But note, this is not a live CD. It's just a good old-fashioned installation. So anyway, going up to the very top, the very first one is going to be the one that most people are going to select, the PC Intel x86 desktop CD. And if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see they have all the ISOs there listed. I mean, you know, direct links to them. They also have links to the to the torrents if you want to use BitTorrent to download the ISO. And in the very first file that's listed down there, the MD5 sums, that's the text file that contains the MD5 sums that we also talked about previously. That's what you can use to verify your download, that it was, you know, a good download. So you just download that uh, that live CD and burn it and then stick it in your hard drive and reboot. Okay, once you've booted up the live CD, it will boot into a little graphical menu with the Ubuntu logo and it gives you the following choices. Start or install Ubuntu, start Ubuntu in safe graphics mode, check CD for defects, memory test, or boot from hard disk. And then at the very bottom you'll see you can press F1 for help, F2 for different languages, F3 to change your keyboard and some other options down there. But we're going to want to select the very first one that's listed in the menu, start or install Ubuntu. And that will load the live CD and it will boot up. It will, you know, takes a, a minute or two to boot and it will take you into the Ubuntu GNOME desktop. Now this is the first time we've looked at a GNOME desktop. We've looked at two Linux distributions, both of which were KDE centric. And let me just make a couple notes about here, or about this uh, GNOME desktop. It's it's a little bit different. I mean, ultimately, you know, the desktops basically perform the same functions. That is KDE or GNOME. It's just, you know, some of the ways it does things are a little bit different. Uh, this desktop here is pretty similar to a default GNOME install. They've customized it a little bit, but uh, obviously it's got a very customized background and uh, you can change that, and I'll explain how, do you, how you do that in a minute. But the, but the main thing you'll probably notice right off the bat is there are two panels. Remember in KDE, you had the one panel at the very bottom, kind of like Windows. You have the one panel at the bottom, or taskbar, or what have you. Here you have two, and this is kind of like Mac OS X, or you know, previous, previous Macs, I should say. I guess Mac OS X has the, title, has the menu bar at the top, and it has the dock at the bottom. But anyway, this is the, the, the top panel is where you have um, menus and applets, things like that, and I'll explain them in more detail in a second. And the bottom panel is the taskbar. So let me go through the panels real quick, and I'll give you the highlights of them. Starting in the top left, you'll see three words, and those are three different menus, applications, places, and system. The applications, also called the GNOME menu, if you click on that, it has several sub-menus for different applications, and I'll explain some of those in a few minutes. Places, the next menu over, this gives you um, uh, 
links or shortcuts, if you will, to different uh, locations on the computer. So, for example, your first one is your home folder, uh, the, you know, the desktop. Your, these first three are kind of like your favorites, if you will, and you'll see where you can add to that in a minute. Then you have computer, and if you click on that, that takes you kind of like your, it's kind of like the My Computer where you see your drives. And this is also where you can go to connect to servers and things like that that are on your network. And then system has a couple of, of uh, submenus, preferences and administration. And you can also go here for the help and the about GNOME and about Ubuntu, as well as the quit or log out button is there as well. Continuing in the top panel, uh, then there are two icons. There's a blue globe, and that's the Firefox browser. And next to that, there's a little email, a little um, envelope type icon, and that's for the Evolution email client. Then going way over to the uh, right-hand side, you've got the um, the uh, network uh, manager, I'm sorry, the network monitor applet there. That gives you a little uh, picture of two computers, shows you that your network is up with a little bar next to it, a green bar that shows you the level of, of your connectivity. Then there's the volume applet. You can control your volume up and up and down. Then there's the clock and calendar applet, as well as another logout button, a red button there in the very top right-hand corner. Down at the bottom, in the bottom panel, the very, very bottom left-hand corner is a show desktop button. If you click on that, it will kind of minimize all open windows immediately down into the taskbar so you can see your desktop. Then the big area of open space is your taskbar. In other words, when you have applications running, you'll see the little tasks down here in the taskbar, kind of like Windows does. Then in the far bottom right-hand corner, you have your four virtual desktops, and they're called workspaces. And you can just click on them, and it will take you to the different four, you know, the four desktops. Of course, if you don't have anything running, they all look the same. But this is where you, we've talked about virtual desktops in the past. You can also go into this little area and use your mouse wheel, scroll up or down, to uh, click back and or scroll back and forth between the desktops. And then there is the trash icon there. So that's that's kind of you know the way these two panels work. On the desktop, you've got two icons: examples and install. Uh, the examples folder, if you click on that, that's kind of interesting. It shows you some, it's got some, some documentation, some, some files you can read. It's also got some, it's got a little uh, video called Experience Ubuntu, and it's got some audio files. And these are just kind of examples of things that Linux can do, that Ubuntu can do right out of the box. And so, you know, you can check out these presentations, and, you know, there's some open office uh, documents in here. Uh, so there's a lot of good stuff in there, so check that out when you can. Now, keeping this examples folder open for just one second, this is Nautilus. That's This is the GNOME file manager. If you remember in KDE, KDE uses something called Conquer. Well, GNOME's file manager is called Nautilus, and that's what's open right now when you've opened this examples folder. And let me make a couple notes here. Um, this is kind of like the Finder in Mac OS X. In the... Left, you've got, you've got uh, shortcuts or, or locations to folders or places on the system. In the upper left of the left panel, you've got three things. Ubuntu, that's your home folder, desktop, and file system. And then in the bottom on the left-hand side is where you can drag shortcuts. So if you are in a particular folder that you think you might need to go to in the future, you can just click and hold and drag it in here, and it kind of creates a little shortcut to that folder. So the next time you open up Nautilus, 
no matter where you are, you've got shortcuts to the folders you frequently go to down in the bottom uh, left-hand corner. And then the big open panel, of course, to the right shows you the contents of the folder that you're currently browsing. Now, you can go to um, Edit and then Preferences, and you can select some of the preferences for the file manager, such as whether or not you want to view as icons or view as a list, uh, whether or not you want to have things be single-click or, or double-click, and there's just other, there are other options in there for the uh, Nautilus uh, file manager. You can, of course, add bookmarks as well to particular folders, and that will add them to the bookmarks or your favorites down there in the bottom left-hand corner of the file manager. In fact, if you notice, when you, add a, when you add a favorite down there in the bottom left, if you then go up to the Places menu and click on it, in the first grouping of icons, you'll now see your favorites there. So those are favorites in terms of folders on the system that you frequently go to. So you'll see them in that menu as well. Nautilus uh, File Manager has, has been somewhat controversial in the past. Some people find it slow or not very feature-filled in terms of the options, but I think for most folks, most things that you're going to want to change or customize will be in that Preferences menu under, the, under Edit. All right, so if you close out of that, uh, again, the other icon here on the desktop says Install, and that will start the installation program to install Ubuntu onto your hard drive, and that's what we'll go through next week. All right, let's see. A couple things here. If you right-click on the desktop, just anywhere in the open space, you'll see you can create a folder, you can create a launcher, which is kind of like a shortcut. You can clean up the uh, desktop and keep things aligned. You can also change the desktop background. So if you click on that, you, this will open up a little dialog box that, that gives you some uh, included uh, wallpapers. And you can also download wallpapers off the Internet and then click on Add Wallpaper and, and, and you know, add it to this, little, to this listing of, of wallpapers here. So, for example, if you want to go up to the simple Ubuntu uh, wallpaper, the one right above the default, which is Ubuntu Lagoon, you'll see that changes the uh, changes the background. Pretty simple there. So that's the initial uh, desktop environment here. Now, the the, uh, the the menus that I talked about in the upper uh, upper right upper left hand corner of your desktop are where most things that you'll need can be found. So what I thought I'd do is go through these menus and kind of explain to you uh, what's in there. First one is applications, and as you can probably guess, this is where uh, shortcuts or links to all the applications that are installed can be found. And this is broken down into different categories. So let's go through these real quickly here. I think you might find this helpful. All right, first sub-menu under Applications is Accessories. And in here you have a la carte menu editor, calculator, character map, allows you to change the mapping of keys on the, on the keyboard. Uh, let's see, after character map is the dictionary tool. And then you can, there's a little uh, screenshot application. There is the terminal, uh, the console, and then the uh, known text editor is the last entry on here. All right, under after accessories, we have games. And I won't read them all, but you'll see, you know, a dozen or so different games that come with GNOME. After this is graphics. And in here you have uh, the GIMP. Uh, image editor. Uh, the GIMP is kind of like Photoshop. I mean, it's a very powerful uh, image editor uh, along the lines of Photoshop. There's the G-Thumb image viewer, kind of a simple 
way or simple little application just to view images that you may have installed or downloaded. And then there's the, um, the I think, Xsane uh, image scanner. I think that's a program to let you configure your, your scanner. Under graphics, uh, going back into applications, the next submenu, the fourth one down, is Internet. And in here you have Akiga soft phone. And uh, then you've got the Evolution email client, the Firefox web browser, uh, game, instant messenger client, Game is really neat. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Copeat or uh, Copetti and KDE that lets you talk on lots of different chat protocols like, you know, um, AOL and MSN and Yahoo and all that kind of stuff. And then um, Terminal Server Client uh, application lets you connect to a, a, a remote computer, kind of like remote desktop connection. Let's see. Next one is Office. And in here you've got... Uh, you've got another link to Evolution, the Evolution email client, and then the four main open office applications, the database uh, application, uh, the presentation, the, uh, you know, um, kind of like a PowerPoint type program, uh, the spreadsheet, and then the uh, uh, open office word processor. And underneath office, you've got sound and video. And in here, you've got movie player. I think that's Totem is the, is the movie player that comes with GNOME. Uh, Rhythmbox Music Player. Rhythmbox is kind of like an iTunes type of, of uh, uh, music music player. It you know manages uh, you know a library of music, and you can even you know subscribe to podcasts and and uh, internet radio stations and that kind of thing. That's all that's all done within Rhythmbox. Serpentine Audio CD Creator. This is a app I've never seen or used before, but I think it's a very basic. Um, CD burning applications for creating audio CDs. I think what you do is you can select MP3s and it will convert them into waves and burn it as an audio CD or something like that. Then there's the uh, sound juicer CD extractor, basically like a you know a CD ripper program, and then the uh, sound recorder uh, lets you record sound clips if you have a microphone. And then after these. Uh, submenus, you'll see a little break in the applications menu, and then there's add, remove, add, remove applications. This lets you, we'll come back to this in a minute, this lets you install and remove applications that come on your Ubuntu CD or ones that you can download from the main Ubuntu uh, repositories. You may remember in PC Linux OS we talked about Synaptic, and I mentioned that that was a Debian-based package manager. And, uh, or, you know, GUI front end, if you will. And you also have Synaptic here in Ubuntu, and we'll get to that in a minute. And that is where you can also, you can also go there to install applications. This particular entry here, this add remove applications, uh, is sort of a more basic, you know, a, a more hands, hands on or, or more, uh, new user friendly type of tool to let you add and remove programs. It basically categorizes applications by section and it's got nice icons and stuff like that. So, um, anyway. All right, the next menu is places and we talked about this a minute ago. This shows you, um, you know, the first grouping of icons here are, is your home folder, desktop, and then any bookmarks or favorites that you've added within the Nautilus file manager also show up here. That's real handy. So, you know, if you do find you, you go to different subfolders within your home folder frequently, you can just add them as a bookmark, and then you can go up here and, and jump straight to those uh, subfolders. Then there's the computer, and again, if you click on that, that's kind of like the My Computer in Windows in that it shows you 
all the drives and things that are attached to your computer and the partitions on your hard drive and things like that. If you Ubuntu is pretty good about working with USB stuff that you plug in. So, for example, if you have an iRiver or a USB stick or something like that, and if you plug it in, it should a shortcut should show up on your desktop, and it will also show up here in the computer um, uh, file file browser as well. Let's see. Going back to places after computer, you have the CD DVD creator, and what this does is this also uses Nautilus, and KDE has this functionality as well. I mean, Conqueror does, where you can basically drag and drop files into this special folder within Nautilus, um, and then you can burn the contents of that folder onto a CD or a DVD. It's a handy little little you know mini burner. I wouldn't use it for any major things, but it does work pretty well. Let's see, the next grouping of icons here under places is network servers, and this will let you browse your network. If you have a Windows networking setup or, or some other network, this will sort of scan your network and show you any other computers that are attached to the network. And then connect to server. This gives you a little graphical tool if you know some of the details of how to connect to a server in terms of what type of server and the login and, and all that kind of stuff that lets you do that. Nifty little trick, if you go into here, this is getting off topic here a little bit, but you can use, the, I use this when I use uh, GNOME to log into SSH, um, log into other computers through SSH, and you can actually let it, it'll create sort of a, a desktop icon for you for your SSH session into another computer, so that's, that's kind of handy. All right, the last menu here is System. And the first two submenus are the most important ones here, I guess. You, you may remember in KDE, we talked about the KDE Control Center and how that had sort of grouped everything together for changing your preferences and, you know, in terms of your, you know, icon, I mean, yeah, your icons, your themes, your um, fonts and all that kind of stuff. Well, GNOME doesn't have a, a one place for that. They, they I've seen some distributions where they kind of, I think SUSE's GNOME kind of, moves all these together into one thing they call the GNOME Control Center, but typically you'll, you'll get to these types of, of, of um, settings under uh, System and then Preferences. And so I won't read all of these, but there's places in here. Well, there's the place where we went to change the, the, the background on the desktop. You can change the fonts, change your keyboard, change you know mouse settings in terms of mouse preferences and speed and, and all of that. Power management, if you've got a laptop, you can configure that in here. Uh, preferred applications let you select your default applications for email and web browsing. Um, then there are places where you can configure whether or not removable drives and media appear on the desktop or not. Your screensaver, your uh, sound, your theme. Uh, so if you want to change the theme of Ubuntu, and by theme I mean you know, the, a theme is basically three things. I think it's three things. I think it's your uh, your window manager uh, theme, meaning the the you know the way the windows are drawn in terms of the buttons in the upper corners and, and all of that. That's uh, that's your that's your window manager settings. Metacity is the window manager in GNOME. So I think a GNOME theme theme consists of your window manager theme, your icon theme and Hmm. What's the other thing? Is it is it maybe fonts? I, I don't recall off the top of my head. I'm, I'm checking it out, actually, as I do this. So uh, I'll keep talking, and I'll come back to that in a minute. Okay, let's see here. If you go in there and you click on 
it defaults to human, which is the Ubuntu default theme. Click on theme details. You've got oh yeah controls. That's your um, that's your GTK two theme. That's the that's your widgets. You know what your buttons and scroll sliders look like, and the and the the background or the color of the windows, that sort of thing. That's your controls or your GTK engine. Then you've got your window border theme, and then icons. So those three things together constitute a a theme. And so you can go in here and make changes, and then you can save your, your custom theme under a new name. And you can install new themes as well, of course. All right, under System After Preferences, we've got Administration. There's a Partition Editor in here. There's also the Install Script is in here as well. Change Languages. Uh, change the Login Window, which is the GDM. You can change, um, you know, you can set up printers. You can select which services start on boot. Software Properties and Synaptic, those kind of go together. Software properties is where you can go to change your Synaptic repositories. Uh, we've talked about you know software repositories before, and we'll get into more depth with this in, in a minute, but um, that's where you can go to change the repositories that are available for you. Uh, Synaptic is that other package manager that I talked about. And then there's other things on here like the system log and time and date and, and the online update manager. If you click on that, it will um, run a little little application that will go to the Ubuntu servers and check to see if there are any security updates or bug fixes and that kind of thing. And in fact, once you've run this, I think what it will do is it will install a little applet up in the panel in the upper right-hand corner next to the network uh, icon that's up there. Uh, there's a there's a hidden area there called notification area, and some applications use the notification area to you know pop a little icon there when something comes up and then it disappears. Uh, you, you see that in Windows too. Like I know I've seen it before with like you know Norton updates and virus updates and I think even Windows updates. There's nothing you know the icon's not there, but then when something needs to be updated, an icon will appear out of the blue, and that's called a notification area. And so there is a notification area up there in the upper right-hand corner of the GNOME uh, desktop in the upper panel. And uh, this software update application will pop up if there are updates. So that's kind of, you know, uh, everything there in a nutshell as to the menus and all of that. So I think, you know, the other thing, I, the, the other main thing I wanted to talk about in this uh, particular episode was installing extra packages. So let's talk about that real briefly. Okay, about installing packages. This goes to the idea that we've talked about before about repositories. Um, Ubuntu maintains a few different repositories. You can, of course, install applications in the main for, or from the main Ubuntu repository. Then there's something called a, a, a community. There are there's a community run repository where additional packages can be found. And that is officially supported, I believe, by Ubuntu. Then there is what's called the uh, multiverse and universe uh, repositories as well. And I believe that's where you can go to, uh, for example, get you know some of the non-free or restricted uh, applications such as additional, you know, codecs and things like that. That's the that's the multiverse. I think the community maintained one is called Universe. If you go into software preferences, so if you go to System and then Administration and then Software um, 
properties. That will open up the software preferences dialog box where you can see the the uh, repositories that have been uh, selected for you. And the ones that should be selected are Ubuntu 6.06 LTS, uh, officially supported uh, re uh, repositories, as well as the security updates. And you can select the Internet Updates tab and change settings on how often it checks for updates. And you can select it whether or not it downloads the updates in the background or, or not. So let's don't make any changes here right now. So just you know, close out of this box and then go up to Applications and go down to Add slash Remove. This takes you to that uh, more user-friendly graphical tool I, I mentioned that helps you install or, or remove applications. And the, what it will do the first time is it will go online if you're connected to the Internet and, and check and install for available applications that, that, you, can, that you can install. And you'll see a, a three-panel window come up, and on the left there are categories of applications, so you can narrow the list by just clicking on you know, education, games, Internet, that sort of thing. Or up at the very top, you can click All, and it will show you everything. Then the panel in the top hand on the right-hand side, or top half of the right-hand side, shows you the applications, and there's little nice little icons and, and, and descriptions of them, and you can just click the box next to them if you want to install or, or uninstall. And you can also search. There's a search box as, as well. And when you highlight a particular application, it will give you a nice, a more uh, lengthy description in the bottom half of the right-hand side. So, for example, the very first one that should be highlighted is the Abbey Word word processor, and it tells you a little bit about it down at the bottom. So, you know, type in, for example, GFTP. That will sort of, as you type, narrow the list of applications until you get down to just one, GFTP. That's a uh, graphical FTP client uh, that is not installed by default on Ubuntu. So what you could do is just check that box, or you can click Apply down there at the very bottom, or check the box and then click Apply, and it will then walk you through the steps of downloading and installing that application off of the Internet. And, and the neat thing is, once it's done, it will even pop up a little window that will tell you where it has been installed. So, for example, if you go through, uh, if you click on GFTP, click Apply, and then once it's all done, you'll see that it will tell you that it has installed it under Applications slash Internet. So if you go up to the Applications menu and then down to Internet, and there it is. You'll see GFTP. So it installs it really quickly and really easily and automatically updates your menus, which is really pretty cool. So you can click OK there. Now let's also compare that to if you go to System and then Administration and then down to the Synaptic Package Manager. This is that same package manager that was in PC Linux OS and is used in a lot of uh, distributions nowadays. And this gives you, you know, just another way of installing of installing packages, An another tool that may be more familiar if you've come from another distribution. If you go up to Settings and then down to Repositories, you'll notice that this opens up that Software uh, Preferences uh, dialog box or Software Properties dialog box we looked at just a minute ago. So now, now that we've done that, click on uh, Edit. Okay, click on Ubuntu 6.06 .06 LTS Binary, and then click Edit. And you'll see under Components, what's checked is Officially Supported. You can select Restricted Copyright, Community Maintained, which is the universe, 
and non-free, which is the multiverse. And so you can update the uh, repositories that are available to you. And then you can use search, the search tool, to you know search for things that that may not be that may not be be free, for example, um, or may be restricted in some sense. And you can and you can use this to install those applications. Now, next week, after we go through an installation of Ubuntu onto the hard drive, I'll show you an easier way to install some non-free applications using some scripts that are out there. One's called Automatics, and one is called Easy Ubuntu. And those are kind of graphical tools that have made it easy to install some of those other things. And I'm talking about things like the Flash plugin and Java and MP3 support and, and all that kind of stuff. So you can either do that manually by changing the repositories within Synaptic and then using Synaptic to search and, and install things on your own. Or you can use these scripts, uh, Automatics and Easy Ubuntu, to, to do it for you. And that's what we'll talk about next time. So now, of course, with this live CD, anything that you install is not going to be saved because we're just running it as a live CD. But you know, the neat thing is you can install and try out uh, these tools uh, to see how it works for you. Now, let me just, you know, in closing here, make a few comments about Ubuntu that I've played with this for about a week now, and I, I have not used Ubuntu very much. I think I used, gosh, what was it, Hori Hedgehog maybe, a couple of releases previously, or maybe Warty Warthog, I, I forget, but I used it for a little while, and, and I liked it, but I, you know, didn't stick with it, and I've used this Ubuntu for a week now on two different machines, on a desktop and a laptop. And they're really nice. I mean, Ubuntu really is, it's a really nice distribution. And it things tend to work for the most part. Um, my USB sticks and, and iRiver and all that kind of stuff work. Ubuntu on my desktop works great. I don't have any issues with it whatsoever. Ubuntu on my laptop, I have two main, well, three main issues. And these are pretty well documented in the forums as, as other users have found these same things. And I think they're working on this. But my three main issues are... My Synaptex touchpad on my laptop, it works, but it has a tendency to just grab things. And, you know, for example, sometimes when I go up to the top panel, uh, it'll grab it and move it down to the bottom. And it's not like I've clicked and dragged it. It will just, it just does it. I don't, I haven't even moved my finger. And I have seen that before. In fact, Dave Yates of the uh, Lotto Linux Links podcast talked about this as, as well. And I think they're in the process of fixing that. The other two problems I have are with wireless networking, with the GNOME Network Manager, which is a new little GUI applet that runs in the uh, taskbar. It's very problematic for me with WPA uh, encryption. It just doesn't seem to want to keep the settings, and you know you have to manually edit uh, a file I, I found to even get it to find the wireless card. And my wireless card is, a, is an open source. It's the Intel IPW2200 wireless card. So it, it, the card works fine. It's configuring it with WPA using that network manager tool that seems to be a little flaky. And then my um, ACPI suspend, you know, hibernate type thing doesn't seem to work very well. And those things work fine for me with other distributions on this exact same laptop. So it, so it is, you know, it is an Ubuntu thing. It's not a hardware thing. But I'm sure that those things can be fixed, and I can probably fix those um, myself. And I know I can get the wireless WPA working if I do it manually the way I do uh, elsewhere uh, with other distributions. And I'm pretty sure I could probably get the ACPI suspend working as well. So, But other than that, 
uh, Ubuntu is really nice, and using the uh, scripts like Automatics and Easy Ubuntu really makes things super easy to install some of these additional applications. So that'll be something to look forward to next week. So with that, I think it's time to wrap up the show. All right. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and um, hope you've enjoyed this uh, first look at Ubuntu. Uh, overall, I definitely would give it a thumbs up. I think it's one of the best distributions out there, notwithstanding some of the little issues that I've had. It looks nice. It, it runs really well. It's pretty snappy, I think, and uh, so I think you'll enjoy using it. Uh, please uh, feel free to check out the forums and the uh, Frapper map that you can find on the Linux Reality homepage, and be sure to send me feedback. LinuxReality at gmail.com is the email address. You can send me an email, or even better, send me an audio comment, and I'll see if I can get that on the air. You can hear yourself uh, on the air. So that's really cool. I love getting the audio feedback. Uh, next week, we're going to look at Ubuntu 6.06 Dapper Drake Part 2, where we will do a hard drive install, uh, and then we'll talk about ways to install that extra non-free stuff that I mentioned using those scripts. I think you'll enjoy that. So until then, this has been Linux Reality Episode 19. Catch you all next time, everyone. Bye-bye.